0: Welcome to How to Live Cancer Free with Bill Henderson, best-selling author of three books on healing cancer successfully. Now, here is Bill Henderson.
1: Hello folks, thanks for tuning in to How to Live Cancer Free today. Introducing today the cancer, the How to Live Cancer Free show will be Brad Saul. Brad is the president of Matrix Media, which is uh, a company that owns, among other things, Web Talk Radio and, and lots of radio stations around the country. Uh, Brad has been a pioneer in the radio business for a long, long time and knows a lot of things of interest to you. So I would suggest you listen to him carefully, and I'll be back shortly.
0: Thanks, Bill monosodium glutamate, otherwise known as MSG, is a harmful additive to processed food. It's a neurotoxin that's used to enhance the flavors of processed food and make it cheaper to produce. You need only eight chickens to make the chicken soup taste good when you use MSG instead of 20 when you don't. Since 1947, this has been the most widely used additive in all processed food. It actually anesthetizes portions of the taste buds inside your mouth, and what that does is exaggerate certain tastes. For about 30% of the population, MSG causes a very uncomfortable reaction, one that can include dizziness, headaches, upset stomachs, flushing, heart palpitations, and lots of other things, too. The neurotoxins it produces can actually affect the brain permanently for some people, not for everybody, but for some. There have been many occasions where people have passed out from eating MSG when they were unaware that they were consuming it. Perhaps you might find it in restaurant food, most notably in Chinese food and in Chinese restaurants. Many times when you go into Chinese restaurants and order food, you can certainly ask them to make sure not to include MSG. Of course, in restaurants, it is not easy to tell what dishes have MSG in them and which ones don't. Frequently, Restaurants advertise on the menu no MSG, well that may be true in some cases and in some cases not but frequently the powders that they buy in bulk the restaurants I'm talking about are used to make their sauces so the restaurant owners and chefs have no idea whether MSG is contained in the dishes they're giving you or not Needless to say, it's something you really need to try to avoid, especially if you have cancer or any other degenerative condition. Not that long ago, a list was discovered that mentions some of the aliases that MSG masquerades under. The food manufacturers don't use MSG per se on the ingredients list anymore. They find ways around it. They use different names to disguise what it actually is. In case you didn't know, food manufacturers couldn't care less about your health. What they care about is the bottom line. So if any of these terms appear on the ingredients list of something you buy, well, it's strongly advisable that you avoid whatever it is because it will definitely have MSG in various dosages Inside it. So here's a list you might want to get out of pen and paper. Autolyzed plant protein, autolyzed yeast, calcium casinate, gelatin, glutamic acid, hydrolyzed plant protein or HPP, hydrolyzed vegetable protein otherwise known as HVP, monopotassium glutamate, monosodium glutamate, Cenomix, which can be labeled as artificial flavor and as wheat extract too, sodium cassinate, soy protein isolate, textured protein, Vegetable protein extract or concentrate. Yeast extract glutamate. Yeast food or yeast nutrient. And of course, natural flavors. It's a long list, so you may want to take a listen back and really concentrate on writing down some of these things. As you go to the grocery store, Make sure you read the labels carefully. And make sure you try your best to avoid consumption of MSG. That's a look at cancer in the news this week. I'm Brad Saul. Now here's Bill.
1: Well, hello, folks. This is Bill Henderson again with How to Live Cancer Free, where we try each week to bring you information that will help you heal your cancer if you have it or certainly avoid it if you don't. And boy, this week is no exception. Had a very interesting morning. This morning uh, was visited by uh, a gentleman named Marcus Freudenman and his wife Sabrina and their four children. Uh, Marcus is a particularly interesting gentleman because for the last three years he and his wife and, and their family, their four children, have traveled all over the world. Actually it's been about two and a half years since they left Australia and started traveling and interviewing people about natural cancer healing and what they have developed out of this uh, two and a half year process is a wonderful DVD which runs about two hours. They're they're trying to get it into theaters around the world now that it's complete. Uh, And it, it is called Cancer is Curable Now. Now is in capital letters and boy, this is so true. But what Marcus has managed to do, along with the help from all of his family, and by the way, they they have been traveling. Uh, Sabrina's been uh, homeschooling the children. They've been traveling around the world. They've stopped uh, a few places uh, after they did all their travel, like up in Vancouver for a while, to put together the film. They just spent three months in Southern California. They're on the way back up to the Vancouver area now, and they're going to finish up there sometime soon and go on back to australia eventually in about another couple of months but uh, this is a very very unusual uh, family and very interesting people marcus's wife is a naturopathic doctor and uh, marcus himself has has educated himself in everything about natural healing but they have traveled literally all over the world they they travel to uh, Countries like India, for example, and, and Denmark, and Germany, and Austria, and uh, and Peru, and they've been up to Canada, of course, all over the United States and Australia, interviewing about 130 different experts on natural cancer healing. One of those experts happened to be me, and out of that 130 interviews. They've boiled it down to about 31 of these experts that are on this DVD. And Marcus had to take uh, hours and hours and hours of video that they had and boil it down to something within a couple hours that would eventually show up uh, in theaters and, and TV as a as a wonderful documentary about this subject. Cancer is curable now is what it's called. Uh, you'll enjoy this because the DVD is now available, uh, readily available from a website that Marcus has kept up, and uh, I'll put the uh, note, uh, in the note for this show, uh, there will be a, a link to that website that you can click on and go to. I won't bother trying to give it to you now because it's hard to hard to get a, a URL exactly correct. Uh, so I want you to just uh, take a look at the notes for this show and click on that, and you'll you'll be able to see the DVD and and all of the background behind this, including a lot of the interviews with the the presenters in this DVD that they have interviewed all over the world. When Marcus and his family were here this morning, we we spent a couple hours with them talking about their experiences. Uh, their oldest child is about 19, and uh, they have three younger ones and and we were chatting for a couple of hours it was amazing uh they had spent four months in india and uh, the the impressions of india believe me were rather frightening uh it's not some place i would like to visit but they spent a couple of weeks in an ashram there and they visited several healers in india and traveled up to himalayas and all over the place uh, th- this uh family has had an, an incredible uh education these young children in the last two and a half, three years, uh, because they've been all over the place. Marcus and, and Sabrina, his wife, are, are both originally from Germany, and they, they moved to Australia uh, to get away from the stress they found was uh, bothering their first child and causing all kinds of uh, eczema and other problems with him. As it turned out, it was something to do with the stress stressful uh, location in in Germany. Uh, they moved to Australia, and he he got much better, and uh, we just spent some time with him. He's a he's a fine young man, has learned an awful lot about life and and people and and all the different uh, societies in the world. And believe me, this is such a valuable lesson. But what you need to know is if you want to see experts talking about virtually every conventional and alternative treatment and how they compare uh, as far as how they cure cancer this DVD is a wonderfully done uh, project and they've put animation in it Uh, they've done a a wonderful job of putting together all these interviews and putting them together in subjects where they talk about a certain subject uh, with several people uh, expressing their opinions on it and with all kinds of animation. It's a very, very wonderfully done DVD. You'll like it. If you want to get a hold of it, uh I think the main advantage of it, if you have uh an interest in sharing with your family and friends your feelings about alternative cancer treatments, why you're doing them and so on, because many of you many of you get uh if you're doing this Uh, you get a lot of heat from the family and the friends about why aren't you following conventional treatment. Well, here is a great DVD to educate them about why you're doing what you're doing uh, because it shows you, with all these people's different opinions and viewpoints, doctors all over the world, literally, and all kinds of experts, researchers, authors, people like me, uh, people that have done a lot of research on cancer, are sharing their feelings with you and why they feel the way they do and how their patients respond. And it's just a wonderful education process to watch this thing. So get a hold of it if you can. It's called Cancer is Curable Now. And uh, the link is on the the notes for this show. Well, in the second part of this show, you'll be hearing an interview that I think you'll find very interesting. It's by a lady named Margaret Bermel and I interview her because I read her book called The Cancer Odyssey where she has documented her feelings about cancer and how she got over it and why she thinks after all of her research that chemotherapy in particular as a so-called cancer treatment is a total fraud. Now, this is something interesting when you hear somebody, a researcher like myself, that hasn't experienced cancer uh, talk about it but when you hear it from a person who healed herself of uterine cancer herself and got over it and is completely over it now and how she why she avoided chemotherapy and what she feels about it believe me it is much more believable because this lady has has really researched this tremendously a lot of her things in her book are the same types of things I talk about in my book regarding chemotherapy and how much of a fraud it is and how the the pharmaceutical companies make enormous amounts of money by restricting the access of people like you to other treatments and by getting by getting the the total medical system under their control so that medical school and all of the follow up education of doctors is simply oriented to drug-oriented uh, so-called treatments, uh, which most of which involve some kind of chemotherapy drug. And believe me, I want I want you to listen to the interview with Margaret because you'll find that she is a very, very well-informed lady and has written a wonderful little book that you can get a hold of on Amazon called The Cancer Odyssey by Margaret Burmell. Be sure and stay tuned for that one. Well, I have three wonderful sponsors for this show as you know, and uh, I want to tell you about one of them right now. It's a company called Our Health Co-op, and I have been associated with this company for about 9 years now, and I found that these are some of the most wonderful people I've met in the in the natural health business because they're very concerned with your health. They want to get you information about it, and the products that they provide you, the supplements are very, very inexpensive. The only way to prove this is to go to their website and compare their prices with some of the prices you're paying now for supplements, and you'll see what I mean. Uh, They're incredibly low priced, but also incredibly high quality. Uh, These two don't normally go together, but in this case they do. This is the exception that proves the rule. And the the way it's done here is they take their products that they're going to sell to you and have them tested in an independent lab. And if it shows in the lab test that what is on the uh, container as the ingredients is correct, they sell it to you. Otherwise, they don't. And they turn products down all the time because they don't have what they say on the container in the actual product itself. Believe me, this is unique among all of the suppliers of supplements just don't do this. And they do and it makes them unique. That's why I think you should take a look at this for anything that you're using in the way of supplements. Find out what Our Health Co-op is charging for it and what what options they have before you buy it anywhere else. Uh, The website to go to to check this out is called MakingHealthAffordable.com. That's their website. You can call their order desk if you like in Florida. It's it's 1-800-667-0781. Outside the United States, you can call them as well because they'll ship it anywhere in the world. Their their number there is area 561-863-5300. Well, earlier this week, I had an uh, email from a gentleman named Jim Bernard who has sent me quite a few emails on subjects that he found interesting. And by the way, this is how I learn most of what I learn here. You folks send me information. I check it out, and and very frequently it's something that I hadn't heard about, and that is quite interesting. And I'd like to share this one with you because this is something I think you should look into. The subject is microwave therapy. Uh, it's been used for quite a while. It was uh, really researched and discovered by uh, Dr. John Holt in Australia back in about in the early 1970s, actually. And Dr. Holt, for about 40 years, had been a, a natural healer of all kinds of people in Australia, in Perth, Australia specifically. And Dr. Holt became quite controversial eventually because, like. The, is normally done, Uh, anyone who comes up with a solution for cancer and is able to heal it uh, without using drugs like pharmaceutical drugs that we'll talk about with Margaret uh, the chemotherapy and so on, uh, gets harassed by the the pharmaceutical companies and by all of their advocates among the medical professionals. So you're gonna get harassed like this if you start healing people without uh, using drugs. Well, that's what Dr. John Holt did. And starting in about 1973, he has been doing that and has has healed thousands of people at his clinic in Perth, Australia. He retired in 2004 and uh, the clinic is continuing to operate and help people with this same procedure. I want to, in order to get you an idea of how this works, I want to quote you a couple of case studies of people who have documented what happened to them when they went to Dr. John Holt's clinic in Perth. And the clinic is still in operation. I want to give you a couple of websites to look up here because I want you to explore this yourself just as I have done. I've done some research on it and I'm convinced that this is something that if I had a serious case of cancer that I wanted healed, I would certainly look into this as an option. And the, the fact that you have to travel somewhere, of course, is nothing unusual to cancer patients when they want something done uh, that is helpful and, and out of the box. Uh, they generally have to travel somewhere. So here are two websites for you to look up to examine this particular treatment. One of them is www.holtclinic.com. Just uh, his last name, H-O-L-T, clinic.com. The other one... Is uh, a little more interesting in the sense that it has a lot of information, including some videos and a lot of of testimonials and and case studies and so on. It is called RadioWaveClinic.com. Radio Wave R A D I O W A V E Clinic.com. Look up either or both of those websites, and you'll get an idea of what I'm talking about here. But in order to give Doctor John Holt's approach, uh, an adequate uh, coverage here, I would like to talk to you about a couple of particular case studies that occurred here uh, at his clinic. Uh, It's called radio wave treatment or microwave treatment. Uh, Actually, what he's using generally is uh, a, a frequency of about 434 megahertz and this is supposed to, it's not uh, hyperthermia, which you probably heard about. They, they say, you know, be cautious, we're not talking about hyperthermia. We are talking about treating cancer in a particular way with uh, microwave radiation, basically. And this is not like uh, the radiation from the regular uh, radiotherapy that goes on around the world and particularly in the United States, uh, this is quite different. One of the case studies I want to talk to you about is a Dr. John Steinecke, uh, who was the retired Dean of Commerce of a Wollongong University in Australia. And what he says is, in early 1985, I was an unusually fit man of 54, a dedicated bushwalker and a regular player of competitive sports when I was diagnosed as having a high-grade 2 tumor in my bladder, a professional, and he talked to the professional doctors, as most of us do, and and went along with what they suggested. He says, my initial treatment was completely orthodox. Repeat surgery, chemotherapy, two massive doses of cisplatinum, and 8,000 rads of radiotherapy. My doctors were the best available in Wollongong and Sydney and with my Wollongong urologist particularly impressive. But then he said nothing worked, of course, and it, uh, it kept coming back and he had all kinds of problems uh, and it there was absolutely no success with the conventional treatment. So he started looking around and he started reading and, and researching and he says, Realizing that I was now down to the last roll of the dice, I decided to take an active role in the decision-making on my future treatment rather than simply following the medical advice I was receiving. Very good idea, of course, Dr. John Steinke. uh, And so he found Dr. John Holt's clinic in Perth and he decided to go and get some treatment from him. He says, Fortunately, I was aware of Dr. John Holt and his microwave therapy. Dr. Holt had successfully treated my secretary's husband for a very large, inoperable tumor in the upper thigh, although the patient had been previously advised that removal of the entire leg would be necessary to preserve his life. Well, he said uh, there wasn't any false hope given by Dr. Holt, but uh, the fact that he had healed this friend of his and that the gentleman was walking around on two legs convinced him that uh, he maybe wanted to try uh, Dr. Holt's approach. He says, the only medical person I spoke to who supported my decision was my local general practitioner. Prominent members of the medical profession in both Wollongong and Sydney contacted me, however, and made strenuous efforts to persuade me to change my mind. A senior American Medical Association figure was particularly vehement, effectively denouncing Dr. Holt as a charlatan. Well, that shouldn't surprise any of you who have seen the suppression that's done about all people who are successful at uh, treating cancer with something other than drugs and and radiation. But once uh, he had the treatment, which he said was simply uh, twice daily, five days a week for three weeks, Uh, which consisted of the injection of a glucose blocking agent followed by two applications of microwave radiation for periods of perhaps five minutes at intervals of 30 minutes. He said the treatment caused me no pain, although my skin would start to smart by the end of a period of exposure, but I suffered no noticeable side effects from the treatment. And once he got examined again after this treatment, Uh, After about a month, uh, he went to his urologist who said, I don't know what your man in Perth has, but he certainly has something. When you went away, you had a thriving tumor. Now where the tumor was, there is nothing but an abscess. And he says, after a couple of months, he examined me again and said, where the tumor was is now just a white scar. But now, it is more than 20 years since Dr. Holt's treatment and although I have examinations every two years, there has never been any sign of cancer. So Dr. Steinke, needless to say, is very much convinced that uh, Dr. Holt's treatment works. Well, there's another young lady who has taken on the uh, establishment, basically, and trying to convince them that Dr. Holt is, uh, is illegitimate. Uh, option for treating cancer and she organizes demonstrations and so on around Australia and she was treated in in 2007 uh, with Dr. Holt and believe me she is fine now, Uh, a young lady named Elvina Johnson. Here's what she says, in July 1997 I was diagnosed with osteogenic sarcoma which is a form of bone cancer in my left femur. I was referred to the Children's Hospital in Melbourne, where I underwent two months of chemotherapy, which caused major side effects to my body. I spent 95% of those two months either having treatment or in isolation, neutropenic, suffering from low blood counts, horrible ulcers on my body, and constant nausea and vomiting. Well, during this time, she also had her leg amputated, her left leg. And uh, about three months after the surgery in July 1998, she has her first CT scan of her lungs, and the results showed that she had relapsed again with multiple metastasis cancer nodules all over both lungs. And, of course, they wanted to offer more chemotherapy and more treatments, et etc. et cetera. Well, Alvina discovered Dr. John Holt, and uh, went to Perth to see to check him out, and she said, I stayed in Perth, Perth all through that August, and I had 15 treatments over three weeks, one a day. The treatment was completely different from what I had expected. Being so used to the horrible side effects of chemotherapy, I was thrilled when there were no side effects at all from this treatment. She says, each treatment consisted of a quick infusion of a glucose blocking agent, which acted as a mock of natural glucose. Then I had a dose of insulin to lower my blood sugar, and then went under a small box similar to the average x-ray machine. After an hour, I was finished and ready to enjoy the day. The only side effects I experienced during the 15 treatments were slight nausea during the first infusion, which passed in a matter of two minutes and tiredness. Well, how did Elvina come out? Well, she says, I am fine now. She got over everything just fine. And uh, the, the lung, lung lesions went away. And uh, in August 2001, three years after she had first relapsed, further scans showed that there was no change and that the cancer had in fact calcified, and according to those initial scans, uh, she should have been dead, the ones that she had back in 98, and but thanks to Dr. Holt, she says, I am healthier than ever before and continuing my life with a bright and optimistic future. She says, after having gone through the whole experience, I can only say that I am appalled at the medical politics in society. We are told that we must follow conventional patterns or we will be silenced. This happened to me. Medical staff turned their backs on me as I was not abiding by the age-old rules. Well, this is a young lady that deserves our applause, I think. She says about her experience at Dr. Holt's clinic, she says a large percentage of Dr. Holt's patients come to him after exhausting every other conventional avenue when they have been told that they have no chance of survival so if he has even a 10 percent success rate he would probably be doing pretty well but she says I walked into the waiting room of Dr. Holt's practice with two months to live I saw people there from all over Australia even the world sitting there virtually on their last legs I saw people starting treatments in wheelchairs and at the end of their treatment walking out pushing their wheelchairs well folks If this is something you want to look into, all I can suggest is that you go to the websites, the clinic actually accepts patients. There is a research uh, agency set up as well after Dr. Holt's uh, retirement, which is continuing research on this, but it is also being used for treatment at a clinic in Perth. And you'll find all you need to know about that at the two websites I gave you. I'll repeat them for you. The first one is holtclinic.com, the H-O-L-T clinic.com, and the second one, which is, has the information about signing up as a patient and going there, is radiowaveclinic.com, radiowave, W-A-V-E, clinic.com. Take a look at those, and uh, I'll be very interested in your experience if you decide to go there. Well, Green Supreme Incorporated has been a wonderful company for a number of years serving mankind and doing a a great job. Of course they sell products but what they're mainly interested in is helping you with your health and that's why I love these people. The product called Barley Power that they put out is one of the the best products I know for cancer patients. Something that turns your body alkaline, believe me, is the best possible thing you can take for cancer, at least one of the best, certainly, and it also provides every enzyme in the human body, which is really hard to believe, but there are about 3,000 enzymes in these young barley plants, and they're perfectly coldly processed uh, by uh, Green Supreme into little pills and or capsules. You can take veggie caps or, or pills, either one. Uh, but they have in them 72 trace minerals and 20 amino acids, so this is like eating a plate of vegetables, literally, with absolutely nothing added to them that is harmful in any way. So, taking these is obviously going to help you, whether or not you have cancer. I take eight or nine of these a day, every every day myself, and I'll never have cancer, hopefully. Uh, but... You need to take a look at their website. It's Greensupreme.net, and if you like to call them, it's in Western Pennsylvania on obviously Eastern Standard Time, Eastern Daylight Time, I guess now. It's one eight hundred three five eight zero seven seven seven. Again, they ship all over the world, so call from outside the U.S. if you need to. It's area seven two four nine four six nine zero five seven. Another company I I really like uh, their approach to health is called TransferPoint. TransferPoint produces something called beta-glucan, which is a wonderful way to boost your immune system. And it's the best one I've found. I've looked at dozens of of immune-boosting products and and studied several of them, and, and enough to recommend them to you over the years. But starting about three and a half years ago, I decided that uh, the best one I'd found, and superior to any of the others, is this transfer point beta-glucan. Not every beta-glucan product is anywhere near alike, by the way. Uh, The word glucan, according to AJ Lanigan, the the discoverer of this particular type of beta-glucan, he said the word glucan is like paint. It's very common among substances. Uh, Several different kinds of substances produce uh, beta-glucan but the one that he uses, uh, the the, uh, yeast product, produces uh, the beta-glucan that uh, is unique in a number of ways. This particular one activates the the receptors on the neutrophil cells of your immune system, which is about 60% of your immune system cells, which do not ordinarily recognize cancer cells. So the reason this is so effective Is that among other things, it does other things for your immune system as well, but it activates this receptor on the neutrophil cells, which makes your immune system at least two or three hundred percent more effective almost immediately. So, I recommend everybody get this product. What uh, they recommend at uh, Transfer Point is that you contact them at their website to find the distributor closest to you because they have them all over the world they have two or three now in europe they have a couple in the far east and they have several in the united states so if you look at their website which is transferpoint.com the name of the company t-r-a-n-s-f-e-r point p-o-i-n-t dot com uh, you'll find a number of different uh, sources for this product and if you prefer to call them, of course, they're in South Carolina on Eastern Time. It's area 803-561-0342. And tell them I sent you. They'll be happy to help you out there. These are wonderful people. Uh, the owner, Marilyn Becker, is a good friend of mine. And they're going to help you, I'm sure. Well, I want you to listen now, folks. Don't go away because uh, the interview coming up here with a lady that's written a book called Cancer Odyssey is going to be very interesting for you if you have any interest at all in cancer and its treatment you need to listen to this interview and get a hold of her book it's a wonderful book we'll be right back well hello folks I'm back and uh, I have a very interesting guest for you today uh, this lady has written a book that every single one of you need to read and I, it doesn't really matter if you have cancer Whether you know somebody with cancer, which almost all of us do, or you just uh, want to know what to do when and if you ever get a cancer diagnosis. As, As most of you know, probably one out of two of us here, either you or me in other words, will eventually get a cancer diagnosis. So this is super important information for everybody listening here. The lady I'm talking to today is named Margaret Burmell, and Margaret is a 57-year-old lady that lives in Long Island, New York. And she had very, very little to do in her life with cancer up until about a year and a half ago. In fact, Margaret is a an MBA. She's written lots of articles for magazines on management issues, and and uh, has been a, a uh, worked in large financial organizations. Uh, she's a good golfer and and a a black belt, and she's a very athletic lady. But uh, along about uh, October of 2009, and she'll tell you in a little more detail here, she got diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And what she has done here, after her experience with this, is uh, written a book that you need to read. It's called The Cancer Odyssey, O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y by Margaret Burmell. Look it up on Google, uh, if you like, or on Amazon, it's available there. You can buy it for less than $10, believe me. If you're gonna give a present to anyone, give them this book, because everybody needs this information that that Margaret has put together for you here, and uh, we'll talk to her about how it came about. Thanks, Margaret, for joining us today.
2: Thank you,
1: Bill, for having me. Yeah, we're delighted to have you, and boy, uh, this book really touched my heart. as you may know I, I lost my former wife about uh, you know, 16 years ago approximately uh, to ovarian cancer and at the time I knew nothing that I know now and we went through uh, trusting the doctors the whole cancer treatment mode and eventually she died essentially of the treatment tell us your experience with uh, cancer when it was first diagnosed for you Margaret
2: Well. It was in October of 2009. I had surgery. I had been uh, previously experiencing low energy level. Uh, I was not sleeping well at night. I just knew that something was not right. I had gone to my gynecologist and requested an ultrasound, uh, at which time she encouraged me not to open a can of worms. Uh, because I had a history of endometriosis and she said, we we know that something will be there. Yeah. So once we see that, then we'll have to decide what to do. So let's not open that can of worms. Despite that, I insisted upon the ultrasound. Right. And the ultrasound showed a, a growth on the ovary.
1: Okay. And they diagnosed it as, as what initially?
2: Well, they weren't sure. So uh, we just... Uh, were watching it for several months. I thought it was uh, a cyst, um, maybe residual endometrioma, but uh, after several months of watching it, it was getting larger. So at that point, uh, I opted for the surgery. Um, and even though I went into the surgery, I was pretty optimistic that it wasn't cancer because I had surgeries previously for endometriosis.
1: I see, Yeah. so it may or may not have been cancer at the time you had the, the surgery done then, right?
2: Well, that was my expectation that it wasn't. Yeah. However, however, when I, after the surgery, uh, I was in the recovery room and the surgeon leaned over me and shouted it was malignant. Oh boy. And that's when I learned that I had cancer.
1: Oh boy, okay. So he was trying to cheer you up with uh, some nice words after the surgery. Mm-hmm. It is malignant. Okay. Right. So wh- what did you think about then? Were you frightened of this? Did you have this the typical fear of cancer that all of us have that have no knowledge of it?
2: Well, I was scared to death. I was if I wasn't lying on the gurney, I would have fallen onto the floor. <laughs> and, and um I was just paralyzed by fear I couldn't think I couldn't speak I was frozen and I I was just stunned and with that my husband came into the recovery room and he leaned over to me and he whispered gently we will grow old together (laughs) okay that gave me hope
1: yeah right
2: to get through it
1: well tell, tell us about your uh, first encounter then with the oncologist or whoever you talked to after the operation what what did How did that go?
2: Well, uh, when I received the news about a week later that it was stage one A that it had not spread, that was a tremendous relief and um, I thought that I was home free at that point, and um, the doctor, however, recommended to chemo mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's
1: typical, I guess.
2: Yes, I suppose so. Um, that's considered the standard of care. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: and at that point, I was so in fear, I said, whatever I need to do, I will do it.
1: Right. Yeah, like most of us, you trusted the doctor to, to fix you, basically. Correct. <laughs> yes. So, uh, why, why did you decide not to do the chemo?
2: Well, my husband said to me, well, let's not rush into this. Let's research it. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, okay. So I started reading. And the more I read, the more skeptical I became about chemotherapy.
1: Yeah, interesting. What uh, What was your first impression when you read about uh, the uh, chemotherapy fraud, the fraud, basically, uh, that has been... Uh, passed around about about chemo. What did you think about that? Did you think that uh, it was probably incorrect or did you think, oops, maybe I just need more information here?
2: Well, uh, at first I I wasn't really getting it. I I was a little bit shocked. I said, this can't be so. Because if somebody had asked me how effective I thought chemotherapy was, I would probably say, well, I think it's about 85% effective.
1: Right. Well, Again, you you knew you knew some people who had had chemo and recovered. I guess right.
2: Correct. But when we actually sat down and made a uh, what we call a dead alive list, right. Uh, we found that more people who we knew personally who had chemotherapy had died.
1: Aha. Uh-huh.
2: People who did not have the chemotherapy were still alive. hmm So this in itself was very revealing to us and. Uh, the more I read about it, the m- I, I started to lose my skepticism. I said, you know what, there's something to this. Um, and then I started to get angry. Yeah. I started to get angry that that, that we have been really sold um, this bill of goods and um, I felt betrayed by the, by the oncology. Yeah, I'll, I'll
1: bet. Well, the more research you did, the more you found that the chemotherapy basically doesn't work most of the time. Is that right?
2: Well, uh, according to one article, it works about 3% Mm -hmm. uh, of the time, and uh, in the case of ovarian cancer, it's effective about 8.9% of the time, and it can also lead to leukemia in ovarian cancer patients.
1: Right. So it uh, basically would... is a carcinogen, as I understand it. It can cause other cancers, is that right that's right interesting. Okay. Uh, what I do you think actually... yeah, what do you think after all of your research, what do you think the overall effectiveness of, ke- of chemotherapy is for people who get treated that way?
2: Well, certainly not eighty five percent and I, I, I believe it's more around the two to three percent that I, I have read it to be in articles.
1: Yeah, there there have actually been some studies done on that. I think have there not? Yeah, and what they found, uh, with some pretty long-term studies between 1990 and 2004, actually, uh, and this was published in a, a a journal called Clinical Oncology, and you you mentioned this in your book on page uh, 49, as a matter of fact. Uh, that the overall effect in those 14 years of people treated with chemotherapy was about a 2% effectiveness rate as far as five-year survival. That sort of uh, must have turned you off when you read that one.
2: It did.
1: Yeah, interesting. And for a lot of the cancers, what you call site-specific cancers, like the bladder, kidney, pancreas, prostate, uterus, and so on, like the one you had... Mm -hmm uh you know really basically it's a zero effectiveness rate that's correct right mm-hmm. incredible uh and there are a few cancers a very few uh ovarian cancer is one of them where there's a little more than well you said 8.9% but uh really the only two that uh you mention here uh were the Testicular cancer, for example, that Lance Armstrong had, they claim a 37.7% effectiveness rate, but that's pretty rare. And Hodgkin's disease, which is 40.3%. Well, those bring it up from the zero for most of the cancers up to about 2% effectiveness. Uh, Those two uh, rare ones uh, where the chemo is fairly effective, not for a majority, but for uh, around 40% or so of people who get it, uh, at least to survive to the five-year point. Those are the kind of statistics that would totally turn me off about having any doctor treat me for anything, let alone cancer, but why do you think the doctors are continuing to do this when it is so ineffective?
2: Well, I think that that's what they were taught in medical school and I, I think the pharmaceutical companies influence the medical school curriculum. Okay.
1: You're absolutely right. From day one, they have these blinders put on basically by the, by Big Pharma where they can't really go out and explore anything except the the, the big three, you know, chemo, radiation, surgery. Right. So, uh, you, essentially you found, though, that uh, this was not necessary to recover. What did you do to recover if you didn't do the chemotherapy?
2: Well, what I did do was... Uh I really changed my my, my lifestyle, I uh, chose unconventional medical assistance, uh, instead of going to a cancer center I went to a wellness center. Okay. Because I had been to cancer centers and I walked in and everyone looked very sickly. I <sighs> went to a wellness yeah. center and people looked healthy.
1: Right, they looked like death warmed over in the chemo wards, don't they?
2: Exactly. Oh my. So I, I, I found a, a good wellness center, um, I changed my eating habits, I eat organically, I avoid sugar, high fructose corn syrup, mm-hmm. I, I take vitamins, antioxidants, supplements, I exercise, I do body work.
1: Yeah. And you changed your diet uh, quite a bit, did you?
2: The diet, I, I changed, I eat all the superfoods, mm-hmm. um, the green tea, the berries. The cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower, garlic, onions, uh, red grapes, tomatoes. These oh, these great. are critical um, to good nutrition.
1: Yeah. Well, we that's
2: really are what we eat.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, well, I know lots of people who've recovered from cancer as you have by doing the same types of thing you described. Uh, did you ever figure out why this happened to you, what the cause was, what do you think it was?
2: Well, it's interesting because I know my husband had asked uh, several of the oncologists, well, what caused it? And the response was typically, well, we don't focus on the cause. <laughs> and his response was, well, if you don't know what caused it, how can you treat it?
1: Absolutely. It In just doesn't seem, to, doesn't seem to make any sense to me that they would try to treat anything that they didn't understand what the cause was and try at least to reverse that cause if they can figure out what it is. But, you know, that's the way doctors think, unfortunately. They treat symptoms. That's, right. that's what they do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you mentioned when we were talking before we got started here that you considered yourself an accidental author. Tell, tell us what you mean by that. Why did this book come about?
2: Well, I never intended to write a book, much less a book about cancer. Uh, But what happened was when I started uh, researching, I, I also started blogging, and I would write about whatever I learned on that particular day. Yeah. And I was so incensed about what I was learning, I wanted to share it with other people and let other people know what is happening because I didn't know about this.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. None of us do, really, until we get uh, cancer hits us right in the head and we start to pay attention, maybe, but uh, none of us study it before that, hardly. Right. So what was the purpose of, of writing this book then?
2: Well, it's all about the message, and the message is ask a lot of questions. If you are diagnosed with cancer, ask your doctor, what will this treatment do? to help me. How will it restore my health? And I think what happens to people is when chemotherapy is prescribed to them, they think that it's going to cure them. They go along with it, and they often end up not surviving the treatment.
1: That's for sure. My own feeling after talking to all these people that I've talked to all these years, uh, really, Margaret, is that about 90 percent or more of deaths attributed to cancer uh, actually should be attributed to the treatment of the cancer, not the cancer itself. That, that's my impression. And also that people only die of cancer or of the treatment, either one, uh, from lack of information. Mm-hmm. And this is what you're trying to solve with this book, as I understand it. Yes, yeah, that's
2: correct. Tell and us... A, yeah. Recently in the news you see where uh, Greta Wait. Died recently, Seve Ballesteros died. They both had chemotherapy.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: And I think people need to know that the chemotherapy can actually cause the death. And when when someone when you read an obituary where someone died of cancer, I always say now I always say, well, did they have chemotherapy? Right. Had chemotherapy. I believe that that's
1: what killed them. You had a couple of incidents in your book about people that you knew. Uh, one of them was your, your father's second wife uh, and another lady. They had chemotherapy, I believe, did they not?
2: Yes, they both
1: did. And neither of them survived, I guess, right? No,
2: neither, neither
1: survived. So I'm sure that was part of what was guiding you in your, your exploration and your decision here to, to turn down the chemo. But uh, what about uh, other information that you got about this? Uh, You you indicate in here that uh, chemo, you feel it's a total fraud, uh, that it is promoted uh, by the pharmaceutical companies apparently because of of the huge amount of revenue that they generate. Is that true? That's
2: true because um, I believe that pharmaceutical companies are driving the cancer train. Um, Chemo is a it was developed from mustard gas that was used in the world wars as chemical warfare right and i believe that non-toxic solutions should be explored the pharmaceutical companies cannot patent natural substances consequently they cannot make money from natural substances
1: yeah right
2: so i believe that if people come to realize that it's all about the money it will free
1: them to make the choice that they need to make for themselves. Yeah, what What you're hearing here, folks, is a first-hand account. Now, it's not some researcher that's just researched cancer and its treatment. Uh, it's a lady named Margaret Burmel who has been through this herself, woke up, did her own research, and refused the kind of treatment that was offered to her by the, the allopathic doctors, the standard chemotherapy treatment that she was offered after she had her surgery and and got well with the information she got together and the whole story of how she did that and why she did it and why she thinks chemotherapy is a total fraud on the American public is in this book. It's called The Cancer Odyssey and all of you need to look this up. It's on Amazon. I just looked it up uh, a few minutes ago and it's uh, her name is Margaret B E R M E L. The book is The Cancer Odyssey, and you can find it on Amazon. I would get a copy of this if you would for each person that you are, that you love, and respect, and admire, and care about because each of us needs to know this message, believe me and coming from Margaret is so much more really believable I think and gets right at the heart of what people should be thinking about as a cancer patient even if they have not ever had a cancer diagnosis they should be thinking about this as to how they're going to react when that happens because believe me it's happening as a kind of pandemic really in our world uh, for a number of reasons I think but the cancer rate has grown dramatically over the last hundred years. Uh, in the early nineteen hundreds, it was uh, maybe four people out of a thousand would get cancer. Now it's 500 almost out of a thousand. And the reasons, I think, have to do with uh, our lifestyle choices. A lot of the food that we eat is is pretty uh, uh, tainted with all kinds of chemicals and uh, we get uh, inadequate uh, of nutrients from it, obviously, but also what i found, Margaret, see what you think about this, is one of the most common causes of all cancers are what I call dental toxins. Uh, Root canal filled teeth and uh, where you've had teeth removed, what they call cavitation sites, mercury amalgam fillings and other metal in our mouth. All these things are very, very toxic and bring on a lot of cancers. What i found in my experience is that people get over their cancer much easier and more uh, predictably if they take care of their jaw and get rid of the dental toxin problem. What do you Uh, think about that? Do you have any any experience at all with people with dental problems that have had cancer?
2: Well, I uh, actually believe in that uh, theory as well and I, I myself be a holistic dentist now. I have not gone through the step of having my my uh, amalgam cap, uh, fillings removed, but you know it's something to consider,
1: certainly. Yeah, that that's something that you need to give some thought to because even uh, the experts on that have interviewed, Dr. Hal Huggins, who is probably the world's expert on on dental toxins, and he says that most of the time when people get mercury removed from their mouth, they get sicker because. The dentists are not equipped adequately to do the removal without harming you from the mercury vapor. So you need to be very cautious about that. It's not something to do blithely. You have to find somebody competent to do that and I try to help people with that every day. But uh, root canal teeth are very toxic in the mouth and they're very... uh, frequent causes of all kinds of cancers, and there are so many of them being done now. This is one of the reasons I think that the rate of cancer has gone up as so high as it has, is the number of root canals that are done. It's, it's 40 to 50 million of them done in this country every year, just in the United States alone. It's amazing.
2: I have had root canals done myself. So. Yeah,
1: and... and they may or may not uh, have been involved with your cancer, but it's something to become aware of. You know, I, I try to uh, help people with this a lot, and uh, there's a lot of information on my website about it, which you'll, you'll be able to look up if you like. In, in your book, I was uh, noticed that you mentioned at one point uh, that uh, cancer is not a death sentence, but chemo is. <laughs> Could you talk about that a minute?
2: Well, I believe that that cancer is a disease that can be managed. Uh, you know, cancer cancer cannot survive in an alkaline environment. Right. So if you eat the, the correct foods, the the, the greens, the the kale, uh, and, and make your body alkaline, cancer can't survive in that kind of an environment.
1: Yeah, okay. I I know that. I've heard that same statement, and I, I believe in it totally. Every cancer patient is acid, you know, their body has to be acid, and many times the acidity is a result of of an extreme amount of stress of some kind, which tends to make your body very acid, but also the dental toxins cause a lot of acidity in the body, so it's not just the food we eat, which is an important part of it, you know, and maybe the sodas we drink and all the other stuff that makes us acid, but it's uh, the dental problems and the stress, both of those are very, very important.
2: Yes, and also uh, sugar. Sugar feeds cancer. Yeah. So, I to me it's very important um, to avoid sugar. Uh, and, and this was something that was discovered um, back in the uh, 1930s, uh, 1931, I think it was uh, Otto Warburg, a, a German scientist, received the Nobel Prize for discovering that cancer feeds on sugar. So. It, you really have to pay
1: attention to what you eat. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, what he found, too, was that it is a result of of, uh, lack of oxygen uptake by the cells, and this is often caused by uh, the membranes of the cells becoming clogged up with the things that we we don't eat or the, the, the deficiencies, in other words, that they need to operate correctly, or the stuff we do eat, which is... Uh, the cooked food is probably one of the worst things that clogs up our cell membranes because it doesn't get completely digested. There are no enzymes in it. This is just one of the things that, that I've found, at least, is a contributing factor to cancer. There are quite a few of them. But uh, you've overcome them, and I, I admire you for that. But you've also put down, in a very, very readable form, uh, this is a book that is quite readable, folks. There's nothing very technical here. What Margaret has tried to do is give you the exact facts necessary for you to make your decision about how to treat cancer when and if you get it. And if you have it now, believe me, you need to read this book immediately before you make any decisions about intervention by anybody. It's called A Cancer Odyssey and it's by Margaret Burmel, B-E-R-M-E-L. And believe me, folks, you need to pick up this book and read it. And uh, Margaret, we really appreciate your joining us today and giving me uh, lots of interesting information for all these folks. They uh, they need it, and they need to read this book, and thank you for putting it together. I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much, Bill.
1: Yeah, it's good talking to you, and, and stay well, will you?
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> and everyone else, all you listeners.
1: All right. Thanks so much, Margaret. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
2: Okay, very good. Bye now.
0: thanks for listening to how to live cancer free with bill henderson